What's up, everyone? Nan Man here, and we're back with another episode of Nan Man's Nerd Corner. This time we're going to be going into our Magic the Gathering discussion, uh, mainly focused on uh, the Pro Tour, because the Pro Tour just concluded. We got to go through it. It was, of course, the Lord of the Rings set, so there was uh, the return of Modern for the Pro Tour for the first time in four years. So uh, we're going to kind of dive into it and, you know, really, really get in, break down a little bit about what's going on in Modern uh, right now and, and how the meta is shaping up and kind of go into things here. This is going to be a solo episode for it. Uh, we are in the works of getting another uh, one of our episodes out with, of course, my co-host Jaime, where we're going to be doing kind of an update of what's been going on in the scene related to uh, the Spider-Man stuff, because there is, of course, a writer strike and actor strike going on, as well as what's going on with the season for Diablo. So very, very cool stuff. Update episode coming out. And then we're going to also be doing an anime episode uh, coming up soon. We're trying to correspond that, you know, there's a lot of big anime news related, especially with uh, One Piece stuff uh, going on. Gear 5, if you're familiar with anime, that's kind of a big part of the scene, as well as the live action stuff that keeps... Uh, a lot of the uh, anime scene, especially the YouTubers uh, talking. So, you know, we'll get into a whole episode of that. But uh, let's let's get into it. Let's talk about talk about modern for a bit, guys. So Pro Tour happened, return of modern for the first time in four years. Uh, very, very happy to see it. Um, you know, I was following the decks, seeing what happened. And then I was able to catch the finals um, and was really, really impressed uh, with both players play um of course it was uh, jake beardsley version uh verse uh christian calcutta um you know for those that are familiar calcutta has been kind of a grinder been on the scene for quite a long time uh so it was cool to see him back up there in the top still i don't believe he's won um yet uh a pro tour but has made it in the top eight quite a bit um so it was very cool to see him back and then of course jake beardsley this was his uh, first time uh, and making it to the finals was huge. Now, um, the biggest thing with this is, uh, you know, we've been seeing, you know, tournament stuff. We've been seeing some stuff on Magic Online related to the Lord of the Rings cards and how they're shaping things up and changing and adjusting the format. Um, the biggest thing is uh, the One Ring, Orcish Bowmasters, and the, what was that, Lorien Rev it's the blue card what is that hold on I, i'm gonna look I'm, I'm gonna so i don't have to like stumble over it um it is called lorian revealed or some variation of pronunciation that it's a island cycling or you could pay five and draw three cards R really good uh so every one of those cards that i mentioned uh were featured in a top eight deck list uh so of course our our decks that we saw um were Team of Rhinos, which ran that Lorian Revealed card. Um, we had uh, Amulet Titan. We had Tron. And then, of course, Jake Beardsley was the only Rakdos Evoke player uh, to make it into the top eight. Now, um, we did get to see that uh, the One Ring was the most played card of the weekend, which is really cool to see, like, you know, just like how powerful of a card it is. Uh, but there was 450 copies across all the decks uh, for the entire weekend. So most people were running a play set, uh, you know, 
as you might expect in, in very particular decks. Second most popular card, Orcish Bowmasters with 413 copies. Uh, so really, really cool to see just how much of an impact Lord of the Rings set has had. Um, and I know a lot of people were, were expecting that. Um, you know, there was a lot of talk about Orcish Bowmasters when it first was uh, spoiled and just how powerful it is because it's a trigger both an enter the battlefield trigger as well as when your opponent uh draws a second card right you're going to deal a damage you're going to make an orc it's it's got that like you know double double power double combo that it just kind of keeps keeps going and stuff like that so uh, so the let's talk about the rakdos evoke deck um because uh, you know jake played phenomenally well with the deck and and a lot of the like primers and discussions of the deck leading up to it was, oh, you know, Rakdos Evoke. It's kind of like a more, you know, mid-rangey Rakdosy deck. It's it can grind it out. It runs Thoughtseize. You know, it's kind of what you can expect from it. But seeing it in action and being piloted by Jake showed that it's not not that traditional, uh, you know, mid-range deck that we we were used to it's not like a jund right which when you think of like the tried and true mid-range deck jund is is right there like i'm gonna play this attrition this disruptive cards and just kind of grind you out and and really capitalize on that mid game uh where this had like these very specific lines and pivot points that it can go um and one thing is like you know jake was running some different cards than some of the other players were you know opting for like fable the mirror breaker um, compared to a lot of people that were, um, you know, rocking out, uh, uh, different, different options for, for their, uh, stuff. Right. So Fable the Mirror Breaker is a great card. You know, you've, it's been in basically every pro tour since it's been out, <laughs> but, uh, so, you know, Fable the Mirror Breaker is great. Um, so that was like one slight, uh, adjustment i think because some people ran like less than four copies i want to say i have to i'd have to look at all the deck lists but you know uh powerful enchantment but the real power of the deck is like i'm gonna evoke out a fury uh and then bring it back from the graveyard and really have a, a clock like immediately on you know turn one turn two you're you're getting out there and making something happen you know, they can do that from those instances that they got like undying malice or uh feign death both of these um so you have like six copies you know between both of them right three and three more or less you, it works the best that way so you're not stacked up with like four and two or you know slight variations but it the whole goal of it is to evoke out one of these creatures cheat it into play right enters the battlefield does its effect in fury's case we don't really care about its effect most of the time when you're playing it on turn one uh we really care about it entering the battlefield, dying, and then having your Undying Malice or Feign Death make sure that creature uh, is returned to the battlefield. And, and uh, usually it's going to be tapped under your opponent's control um, with an extra plus one counter on it. So then it becomes um, a 4-4. Four, four. Uh, and with Fury being a double strike, right, you're swinging for eight damage a turn. Like, the, the clock goes so quick before you kind of eliminate your opponent. Same thing with Grief, same plan. Like, if you don't have a Fury, you're going to do the same thing with Grief or or get, like, double triggers so you get to strip away two cards. Uh, very, very powerful. You know, great way to do it. Uh, but one thing that I really loved watching, and Jake specifically was playing against Christian Calcutta, and sequence things 
because he was playing right this Rakdos Evoke deck. I've got the game plan. I can go really fast, or I can grind it out. Um, he utilized his sequencing of holding a Thought Seize to wait until he had his Dothy Voidwalker out, so he could be able to really get maximum value. Where some players, you know, if you if you didn't have as many reps or you're new to the deck, you might go no. Thoughtseize is one of those first couple turns. I strip away stuff. I get the information. I know how to respond to deal with it. But having that Dothy Void Rock Walker is, is really kind of a, a linchpin to the deck that you wouldn't expect, it, especially in the Tron matchup. Because if card would be put into your opponent's graveyard from anywhere, exile it. Instead, you can sacrifice Dothy Void Walker uh, to be able to cast one of those cards without paying its mana cost. Now, one of the ways to help get you stuff into the graveyard is through those thought seize effects. So, you know, really great. We got to see Dothy Void Walker steal an Ulamog. Uh, and there was a great little clip of uh, Christian Calcutta, like flinging it across the table to, to Jake going, Hey, here's what you're taking. You know, the rest of the cards in my hand don't matter. You want this. Here you go. <laughs> fling it, fling it across, right. Showing that the energy, the emotions going on and, you know, they're joking around about it. Like it was, it was all in good fun. So, uh, you know, there's these, really powerful lines that you can do against you know a tron which is a very powerful consistent deck uh and why it was you know featured in the top eight and made it second place there in the whole uh, pro tour is because of its power level of being able to cast things like ulamog and ugin and things like that so dothy void rocker uh doing great great in that regard so the deck itself is just like you know the best red and black cards in there it also has um the normal removal spells that you expect, terminate, fatal pushes, things like that. But um, it's one of those decks that looks straightforward and easy enough on paper. But it is one of those like I need to understand the lines. It's you know it becomes infinitely more complicated by sideboarding and specific matchups and knowing what to bring in, what not to bring in, and and where to kind of pivot your game plan. But like it, it's. It has the ability to pivot between I'm I'm a mid range deck, right? I've got Shildred in the in in the sideboard. I've got these kind of thought seasons main board. I got Blood Moons, um, or you can just be that kind of aggro. I'm playing Fury. I'm playing Grief, and I'm just swinging and turning things sideways and really getting a clock on you. So like it, Rakdos Evoke is not going anywhere anytime soon. It's got the Orcish Bowmaster for just like a little bit of you know death by a thousand cuts, extra little splash damage in there. So it is very, very, very powerful. So if you're going to be going to a modern tournament anytime soon, be prepared to face against this deck. And if you don't have stuff prepared in your sideboard to deal with it, then you're going to be in a lot of trouble. Um, I, you know, I am going to expect to see a lot more Chalice of the Void start to be used from players uh, because, you know, if you're able to get a Chalice down early enough, Especially, like, it's hard if you're running, like, Tron and stuff like that. It becomes so much easier. But, like, a Chalice on two definitely helps. You know, a Chalice on one, you know, you, you shut off uh, the reanimation spells of, of Feign Death, Undying. You shut off Ragavan. But, you know, that that's hard, right, to be playing that kind of game where, you know, Dothy Void Rocker, Orgish Bowmaster, um, there's, there's a lot of great two-drops. So it's, it's a very low-to-the-ground deck to, to be fighting against. Um no, Team of Rhinos is is kind of the other deck that played very well um, that we'll be talking about. We're also going to be talking, of course, um, about Tron list, Amulet Titan, things like that. But let's get into, of course, our Tron list. 
uh, Christian Calcutta's list because, you know, he got second place. So let's kind of highlight and go over uh, his list compared to other people uh, because there was slight variations on the number of uh expedition or not expedition maps the chromatic stars and chromatic spheres um mainly because of so many players running dothy void rockers and and things like that uh where christian calcutta played almost the more traditional style right i'm running uh ulamog i'm running worm coils i'm running ugin i'm running karn liberated i'm running karn the great creator karn liberated has since uh been shaved off a lot uh on a lot of decks you now you're seeing like a one of two of here and there um and his list was running two of you know back in the day old school tron was running four of um but things have since pivoted to now it becomes almost like an artifact toolbox with a lot of mana behind it which is really really cool to see uh you rely on karn the great creator to uh be able to pull artifacts from your sideboard and utilize them throughout your game. So even in the sideboard stuff, there are going to be cards that you're going to want to bring in. But at the same time, you go, well, I don't have to disrupt too much of my game plan and rely on Karn to just pull the silver bullets that I need because you're running so many one-ofs uh, in your sideboard um, that it becomes great. And and so it's like you, you have to plan and get those lines down of, you know, I can mulligan very aggressively with the deck because... Your goal is to try to get Tron and a payoff card as quickly as possible. You could have Tron available very quickly where you're like, oh, I've got a, you know, stars and spheres and maps and two of my Tron lands and Sylvan Scrying and things like that. But if you don't have a payoff card or a way to find one, that hand becomes less less powerful right so things like Ancient Stirrings are going to be really useful to help find those or aggressively mulliganing. One addition to the deck that you know is is pushing it and allowing it to per, be so much stronger too is uh of course the one ring right uh you know you're seeing three copies main board one sideboard and that's going to be probably consistent for the longest time with the neck because karn the great creator being able to pull from the sideboard grab a one ring as needed um you only need four mana so if you're hurting and you're struggling to be able to get the amount of mana that you need like you're missing your your search effects or you know you're being disrupted stuff is happening and you haven't gotten uh tron online yet you know on turn four you it buys you a turn to maybe be able to assemble tron on the following turn all right the one ring of course indestructible enters the battlefield whenever you've cast it of course you gain protection from everything until your next turn so it's just saying hey you can't you can't attack and deal damage to me uh, then, of course, you ha it has that tap ability where you can start uh, taking damage and drawing cards. Um, it is legendary, so you can be able to kind of cycle through and, and play a bunch more. Um, so it, it's, you know, it's really, really strong, and it's not going anywhere, and we're going to see a lot more decks uh, utilizing it if they uh, can, right? And we're seeing, like, the big, big ramp decks are running it. Even some of the, like, you know, um, powerful uh, decks that are not just running those, like even artifact decks. Uh, are going to start utilizing this card as well. So one ring isn't going anywhere, but that's a big part of it. Um, it's going to be relying on the one ring. It's going to be relying on Oblivion Stone. These delay tactics to really get to our payout cards, Ulamog, Ugin, right? These these game-winning effects. So very powerful deck, not going anywhere again. Expect to get your reps in against Tron because it's going to be one of those that's 
going to be a bit of a a powerhouse over, you know, the the next set of meta that we're seeing. Like it's always been a strong deck, but it's you know one of the ones that is just now really seeing a big resurgence and revitalization with the access to the one ring, uh, which is cool to see like a deck that has kind of been stagnant for a long time and hasn't really gotten new tools uh, to play with other than a few cyborg stuff. It's great to see, see that happening. Now uh, the other kind of big ramp deck in the top eight um, besides the mono green Tron that we talked about um, because there was of course a couple copies of, of Tron in there. Uh, was our Amulet Titan list. Now, uh, Amulet Titan, similar in some regards to Tron in the sense that it's a, it's a land-focused deck, big mana deck. That's, you know, what it cares about. But it, it's got that ability to uh, use the Sun Home Fortress Legion, um, Slayer Stronghold to really just kind of double strike in and and, like, essentially kill somebody. Uh, you know, you're, you're swinging in here with, um, primeval Titan. Most of the time, uh, six power becomes eight power at 16 double strike. Essentially, uh, most of the time someone's fetched, they've shocked, they're at 16 life. So you, you are pretty much one shining somebody with it. It's another deck that, uh, you know, runs a, a, a very, uh, mix of cards similar to Tron in that it has a mix, a lot of silver bullet style effects, but instead of it being artifacts, it's going to be more of lands in this regard here. Um, so it's going to be running effects that will allow you to utilize your lands a little bit. It's got all those bounce lands. It's running Poseju, uh, Ottawaro, Valakut, where we talked about Sun Home, Slayer Stronghold, Teleria West to kind of help tutor for a pact. Uh, Microsynth Gardens, right? It's got all these great uh, different lands. And of course, Urza Saga, because our goal is to get an Amulet of Vigor because that really turns the deck online. Amulet of Vigor, one cost artifact whenever a permanent enters the battlefield, tap under your control, untap it. So all those bounce lands, the Boros Garrus and the Selesnya Sanctuaries, these two mana lands that enter tapped and bounce something. Well, now guess what? We are now uh, having them enter untapped and speeding up our game plan. So our goal is to play as many lands as possible. Azusa, Boral Grazer, Dryad of Elysium Grove, right? These ways so we can ramp up into Primeval Titan. Uh, some lists are also running Cultivator Colossus, uh, which, you know, power toughness equal number of uh, lands you control, and you get to tutor and put a land onto the battlefield. Um, draw a card, repeat this process. So, uh, sorry, it doesn't get to tutor, but uh, Primeval Titan's the tutor one. Cultivate just puts it from your hand on the battlefield and you keep going. But um, it's another deck that relies on the new edition of the one ring because, Hey, we're playing a bunch of lands. Why would we not want to draw cards and help speed up our game plan and protect us while we're ramping and, and doing that play. So uh, another very, very powerful deck, lots of silver bullets sitting in the sideboard there. Um, Amulet Titans always been uh, good. You know, it used to be back in the day, one of the best decks with, uh, Summer Bloom, hence why it got banned the same time that Splinter Twin got banned, uh, just because of how how good it is. Um, but it's still strong enough to make it into the top eight. Uh, the other, of course, deck that we're going to be talking about is our Teamer Rhino list. Now, uh, if you guys are familiar with this, the deck's been around for quite a bit now. We've got uh, Shardless Agent, uh, as well as Violent Outburst are our kind of... Um, 
cascade effects and we're cascading into our one suspend car known as crashing footfalls which creates two four four rhino creature tokens with trample gets a clock going right away i mean you're casting this of course turn three shardless agent is three mana um and of course violent outburst is also three mana violent outburst is instant speed so you can do that on your opponent's turn untap swing for eight trample damage very powerful clock that gets things going right away um also of course just runs you know other powerful spells in here that you can be able to utilize you know fire and ice is in here uh dismember you know it's got counter spells force negation mystical dispute to kind of protect and back up your game plan now uh lorian reveals in here so you can kind of speed up and get uh, your lands going you can get around 21 lands or so in the deck uh and just sort of hey I'll be able to utilize this this land cycling. And worst case, as I'm sitting here, I've got my rhinos online. If I'm doing nothing else, I could be able to draw three cards off this um, or pitch it at, uh, with, with the use of subtlety and get subtlety out. Uh, so it's, you know, a very straightforward game plan. Uh, it does also utilize some additional evoke creatures of course because it is teamer so blue red and green you get access to things like fury you get access to things like endurance um so it's it is really good of course another blood moon based deck uh in that regard if you can run blood moon in the sideboard because you know what it's not that hard for us to be able to make three mana right we can easily have a single island a single forest and then there's our mountain we got to cast shardless agent and and go and get the the, the rhinos online uh, this deck, of course, has been another one that has been very, very strong uh, in in the modern meta for quite some time. Uh, did get that new tool, of course, of the Lorien Revealed, but is not utilizing the other two most powerful and most played cards right now in modern, which, you know, the One Ring and uh, Orcish Bowmaster. So no, none of those in there, uh, but it does have that ability to kind of dodge Orcish Bowmaster's uh, uh more or less you know we don't really care if you're shooting our shardless agent down because we're making four four rhinos right? it's also running questing beast in there and merc tide reagent most of the time so some variation in numbers for that regard but again your goal is to get out early turn three having two four four rhinos is very very scary to fight against um so uh, you know that's the kind of name of the game with that deck is get the clock online get going as fast as you can um you know pro tours often you know have players repping and doing the things and they're going okay what deck is going to do the best against x y and z what's going to give me the best chance against these decks right because there were other decks and you know players uh, of course use right burns one of those um moth omnath you know there's other decks that are of course still in the meta uh, that people are are utilizing but a, a lot of times the ones that of course made it to the top eight were the ones that were doing the best like living end you know had been dominating the meta for for quite a while um but it's still even then it's like all right well now now i have access to uh you know the one ring i have access to um other type effects like Dothy Voidwalker that just laughs at your your cycling effects. Like especially if you get a Dothy out early enough against a living end player, they just go, Well, I now have no way to do anything. Because every time I'm 
paying one discarding all right to put this in the graveyard it's getting exiled by dothy voidwalker so that basically shuts down um your your game plan altogether there um i i expect the meta to continue to stay this way um you know if you're in your local shop you might be seeing a slightly different meta than of course the big tournament scenes and that's just normal uh, as expected but if you plan to start traveling and going to bigger events you will have to be able to uh see that so you know let's talk a little bit about that whole tournament traveling and and tournament playing again um you know being able to play at the highest level and or even just play at a tournament level you're you're going to you know get nerves i i don't know any player that plays in a tournament that the first time they play they they feel fine unless they don't really care right if they don't really care they're just like ah, i'm just here to have fun play that that's fine that makes sense but if you're actually you know going and trying to win it's it's different right there's the stress you might make mistakes and the more reps you can put in the better you're going to be you're going to notice specific lines easier and a lot of the pros of course have time to practice and test and and get those lines down um i always advocate for play the deck that you know the best that you have the most reps with even if it is not the best deck um you know there's one thing to be said of about you know, I or a player that doesn't play Rakdos mid-range picked up the deck. Yes, I could do well because the deck is so strong, but I would make mistakes in sequencing or prioritize certain cards over the others, especially sideboarding. I would have a, a real hard time learning what is the priority in certain matchups um, where if I was playing, you know, uh, Infect or if I was playing... Yogmoth, or if I was playing um, Tron, or if I was playing, um, you know, the Selesnya Life Gain, or Devoted Druid Combo, you know, like these these specific decks um, that I have more reps with and more practice with, even uh, Death Shadow, right? These these decks, and I'm like, okay, I I know the lines better. I I will perform better than picking up a brand new deck that I've never never played before. Um, so, you know, reps matter when you're when you're playing. And I feel like some of you players that maybe only play commander have had that similar experience um, where you've p picked up your deck and you start to see like if you play your deck multiple times. Right. I know some people that, you know, have so many decks that are just like, ah, I never I, I play this like deck once every six months or something like that. And then I'll just pick a different deck where, you know, when the you pick up that deck every six months yes you'll see similar lines but it's different when you're going oh i have three decks that i rotate between and i know the lines in and out if i see these specific cards i know they synergize really well with these other cards uh that i will maybe hold this card longer in my hand because i know that it does really well with these other cards that are in my deck where you know you might know that instinctively going into it because you built the deck but just like getting the reps in you see these lines you see these synergies a lot more and it really becomes kind of that almost muscle memory in your brain of what to expect in there i don't know i'm getting very excited uh to be playing modern again um going out you know starting to play a little bit more but still just kind of rocking infect i'm thinking of of gonna start rocking out some hammer time for a little bit uh, because that's a you know it's a nice fun deck that also has the ability to infect people 
and it doesn't rely on uh, me needing the One Ring or Orcish Bowmasters. Um, basically, my my I was looking through a lot of my modern collection uh, today and goes, okay, sweet. I have most of the things for this deck. I have most of the things for this deck. Like Tron was one of those where I go, sweet, I have everything except for four copies of the One Ring. Well, I guess I could just, you know, put something else in place, but the you know, the one ring will just make this deck so much better. Right? Oh, I have Yogmoth, but I don't have any Orcish Bowmasters right now. I have one Orcish Bowmaster and it's in one of my commander decks. Uh, I need four of them. Uh I don't really want to spend, you know, hundred and eighty, two hundred dollars on on four of these right now. So it's like what deck am I gonna gonna start playing where i go oh, okay you know I'll, I'll start grinding this out and you know it might be over the next you know couple six months a year we'll, we'll do a check-in and see you know how much more decks that i have uh living end is the other one where it's like i had a lot of the old school stuff for living in um i do not currently have four copies of grief all right grief is another one that's you're like paying 140 150 bucks for four copies of that um, it's great, you know, you run four of in Living In, it's great you run four of in uh, the Rakdos scam, Rakdos evoke deck, so it's like, hmm, do I really want to commit that, where I have all the, I basically have everything else for this deck, minus that, with the exception of some of the sideboard stuff, right, I don't have, uh, I, I have one copy of subtlety of one copy of endurance i have one copy of grief i have one copy of fury and all of those copies are currently sitting in my cube and i'm like ah I, what, what do i need all these copies for i'm not you know i'm i'm building cubes i'm playing commander i don't i don't need four copies of it and now i'm kind of being like mm, maybe i should have gotten these these copies earlier but you know that's that hindsight's uh and all that you know uh, but it's I don't think I'm going to like what if I made the choice to, to pick up cards, grief is not going to be one of those that I'm going to pick up before I pick up Orcish Bowmasters or the one ring. Uh, partly because I don't, I, yes, I have most of the stuff for living in. I have like all the stuff for the old version of it, you know, minus um, grief. Um, but it's like living in Rakdos. Those aren't the decks that I'm, interested in playing uh, but i don't know you guys let me know what what are the decks that you guys are currently playing in modern uh have you been following modern have you seen the lord of the rings development of things i'm i'm very excited to see what what happens in the in the modern meta and you know we're going to have a ban and restricted announcement coming out next week uh some people are speculating oh maybe they'll do something to address uh, the the one ring or 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 address orcus bowmasters or do I I'm fine with I would rather see cards be unbanned I want to see birthing pot unbanned there's like punishing fires is perfectly fine in the meta right now uh, as much as I would love to see you know splinter twin I don't think uh, they'll unban it even though again in today's meta like with cards like um, 
you know, free counter spells that we have access to, you know, people are going to be fine, right? I've, you have access to, um, what is it? Uh, force of negation, right? If it's not your turn, exile a blue card from your hand rather than pay its cost. Counter target non-creature spell. The spell is countered this way. Exile instead of putting it into its owner's graveyard. You know, force of negation was not around back in that, in the uh, days of uh, old Splinter Twin. And so on your opponent's turn, hey, I'm going to just counter, for, use force of negation, chip this blue card, and you lose your Splinter Twin. Now you just have a 1-4 a or a 2-1. Uh, okay, well, I have two 4-4 four, four Rhinos coming at you. My clock is going to be faster than your, you know, turn your two guys sideways. So, I, I don't know. I think it's going to be interesting to see. I really just want more unbanning, especially since we're at one ban, one unban. And, you know, there's a ban announcement basically once a year now. Um, so, I, I'd love to see some some unbannings. You know, Modern Horizons really changed the landscape. And now we're seeing Lord of the Rings, you know, in put some really powerful cards into modern i think we could we were due for some some unbannings um but you know that's kind of our our pro tour talk we broke down some decks uh a little bit of a kind of modern meta breakdown in this uh just podcast form just for all of you listeners out there because we have been putting some stuff up on youtube we are doing some stuff uh instagram tiktok shorts as well all that stuff, of course, uh, is on the same place. Name Man's a Nerd Corner, so you guys can be able to check that out. You know, spread the word if you like the content. Let other people know to listen to the podcast. And uh, you know, thanks for tuning in and watching, guys. That's going to be the main stuff today. Oh, before we go, of course, we got to talk about what are we watching, what are we doing, what's going on, what are we playing, all those fun things. Um, there are a couple of shows that are like on the docket, ready to to dive into and watch. Uh, we have been watching Secret Invasion. Uh, I know the finale already aired at uh, the time of recording, but we haven't watched it yet. It's it's fine. Um, you know, if we did a ranking system, I, you know, it's a little bit of the spy aspect and kind of, uh, all right, it's telling more of the Fury story. Cool. Dig it. Um, I'm not blown away. It's It's no... Uh, Moon Knight. It's no Loki, right? You know, there there's definitely shows that are better in the Marvel show scene, but it's still a good show. I have I, the, there hasn't been a sh- uh, Marvel show that I thought has been bad, though. I know there's a lot of people that have watched certain ones and go, "Oh, I, don't, I, I this is bad. I really don't like." But it's like it's Marvel show. I don't know. I get to watch superhero stuff, and and you know, I I don't know. I I love it. I love it. You know, I'm a big nerd. What can I say? Um, so I'm watching that, uh, the twisted metal show, it just came out too. Haven't started it. It's on the list. Uh, that's going to be another one that I'm going to start and watch. Love twisted metal back in the day. We played a lot of that on the PlayStation because that was our, our console of choice. PlayStation one, PlayStation two, all the way up even to PlayStation three we had. Uh, so we played a lot of, of twisted metal, um, as kids growing up. So I'm, I'm really excited to see how, how good they do. Uh, with this um yeah and you know of course bleach is back thousand year blood wars going on we're really picking things up getting it's getting good um so i'm i don't know there's lots of good uh, stuff to watch right now uh if you're a nerd so uh you know make sure you guys are are checking things out um with with that regard so that's what that's the stuff we're watching right now but uh 
I hope you guys have been enjoying it. Let me know what you guys are watching. Let me know what you're playing. I, I want to hear from you guys. But that's going to do it for this episode. Thanks so much for tuning in and listening, guys. And I'll see you guys next game.